matter really anything. It's renewed, this grace, from God the Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It is real, it is palpable in our worship. How many hallelujahs have we sung and heard already in a half hour? A Hebrew, Hebrew word that says, roughly translated, I, I praise God, rings in the rafters and maybe reverberates in your skulls right now. I don't think there is any more volume left in Kay's organ <laughs> in the Beethoven, and Beethoven was smiling even though he was deaf, I guess, at the end of his life. <laughs> That's the effect of, uh, of the response to the resurrection reverberating throughout uh, people of faith and the church through the centuries and through the cultures and into, uh, into the, all creation. The grace of God, the favor of God, or as some have defined grace, love in action. For grace is not a passive thing. Grace does not say, yeah, I, I guess you can I guess you can have another popsicle. I I guess I guess you could be favored in that way. I, I guess you could sit there. I guess I guess that uh, that you could be with me. Uh, it is not just an accepting thing, but it is love in action. Mary going to the tomb, we heard that story, the first part. Probably awake all night and going with spices to the tomb and, and finding that uh, not only was she overwhelmed by grief of the, of the horrific death of of her beloved teacher, Jesus, on the cross. But now she goes to the tomb and, and the stone is rolled away and his body is missing. Megan practiced that piece maybe 10 times. And she said, I've taken acting classes and I think I can do this. And, and she did, she was holding back sobs and tears, screams, shrieks even. You've taken away my Lord, his body. How much more of this can I stand? Mary's life had been shattered into pieces and she had no idea how it might be put back together. Is God present in that? Oh yeah. God transcendent and God imminent. God everywhere, present, powerful. Yeah, God is in that story. But maybe in Kay's interlude, in that piece by, by that man called Fresco Baldi. They make a great middle name for me, Fresco Baldi. <laughs> Daniel F. Anderson. God is at work in that story and God comes to Mary in the, her brokenness. In her shattered life. In her bereft state. 
in the resurrected body of Jesus and says, Mary. Mary. Not woman. Not hey there. Not hallelujah. Not look at me. But he comes to the pieces of Mary. Her emotions. Her faith. Her future. All shattered. Mary. And calls her by name. It's then that she realizes that uh, the grace of God is a person and she didn't know it before she knows it in even more dimensions that the grace of God is the resurrected Jesus, the risen one, because God has acted with favor and with a powerful love in raising Jesus from the dead. And as we trace some of those other passages, we start to understand that the grace of God, the love and action that God is displaying is, is at work in this and this drama of, of, of Palm Sunday and in the purifying of the temple and the healing of the, of the lame and the blind and the upper room and, and even the suffering and the scourging and the, and the trial before Pilate and the crucifixion of Jesus on the cross. It's all part of the grace of God, love in action. It was because of God's love in action that Jesus went into the domains of death. We sang that at the cross. Low in the grave he lay, Jesus my Savior, waiting the coming day, Jesus my Lord. Vainly they watched his bed, Jesus my Savior, Vainly they sealed the dead. What else could they do? They were exercising their power in sealing that tomb. Jesus, my Lord. But death could not keep its prey. Jesus, my Savior. He tore the bars away. Jesus, my Lord. And don't you love the way that this hymn goes? Up from the grave he arose. With a mighty triumph o'er his foes, he arose a victor from the dark domain, and he lives forever with his saints to reign. He arose, he arose. Alleluia, he arose. The Alleluia comes at the end of the stanzas in the end of the refrain, the Alleluia, comes at the culmination of, of this drama of the last days of Jesus' life. The Alleluia comes in recognition that there was purpose and plan, that there was power that was unfolding in these different acts of this drama. And so that as we gather around the lilies and, and with our anthems and with our, our hymns that that we know well and we need to sing again, we are open again to see that, ah, this is the grace of God. This is the love in action that did this. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So in the face of its power and also its mystery, in the face of the of the wonder, can, can anything new come out of this story year after year? Can this gathering feel any, any different than it did last year or the year before? Or, or how many Easter resurrection services have I attended? It's an ancient story, but with, with lightning power in the present that wants to invade our lives, that wants to ignite response. Response from our our minds as we start to understand, as we start to see, because of the resurrection, things are different. Because of the resurrection, the dominion of death has been overcome. Because of the resurrection, Mary is no longer alone, and Peter and John are no longer alone, and the disciples are no longer. We, we, I, I am no longer alone. That Jesus, who lived his earthly life way back then, is alive in the present. Now, his resurrection means that he will live forever. And his appearances there on that morning and subsequently means that he wants to be with his creation, especially those who trust and love and follow and worship him. No longer alone. Or as Paul would remind us in 1 Corinthians 13, Alyssa read the first part of that, that because Jesus is raised from the dead, he is the first fruits of those who believe in him that will be raised from the dead. There is the destiny of everlasting life that awaits And so all these things are waves of grace that should be flooding over us in glorious contrast to some of the low places that we have been, maybe in this week, that are meant to not only retrace that story, but to be like Magnus that retrace the griefs and the sorrows that we might have gone through maybe in the last year, collecting them, gathering them, They cling to us. It's not hard for us to invite them into the story. But then to take those things too and and bring them, like Mary, to the tomb and realize that grace has happened. That the body of Jesus is not there. and, And then to realize that it is alive again and he is with Mary, he's with me, he's with us. We are together again and (laughs) things are completely different. The world has been graced by God. Oh, this would be a good place to in the sermon here, don't say okay. I'm thinking of a man who uh, who decided uh, that he wanted to go on a cruise 
he didn't have a, a lot of money, but he, he decided, you know, if I save my money and prepare, maybe in a few years I can go on a, on a cruise, one of those real nice ocean liners. I've seen the ads and I've got a couple calls that said I may have won a cruise and never won one of those, but, but if I save up my money, and he did, he, he saved up his money, he lived frugally, counted his money every month toward the, uh, the ticket price. And as he got closer to his goal, he, he started saving, saving food in his, and put it in a suitcase. He, uh, he would save those little packets of crackers, uh, two, in, two in a little packet, and, uh, and, uh, and he would even uh, buy extra cans of food that he could that he could put in his suitcase, the kinds with a flip top so he didn't have to bring a can opener. And he started accumulating everything that he thought he might need in, in the cruise. The day came and he had enough money and he bought a ticket and he went down to the dock and he boarded the cruise and, and they sailed out of the port. He was so happy and he was... Uh, so elated, and he enjoyed the, the ocean, he enjoyed the different ports of call. Several times a day he was in his cabin rationing out his, his food and, and eating his food there, and, uh, and he noticed that uh, as he was walking on the on the hallways of the ship that there were some dining rooms there and uh, looked in and, and thought, wow, those, those people really, really have it nice. They're, they're eating in grand style. I, I, I saw them in there yesterday. My, that, uh, it looks like they're having, oh man, is that, is that lobster? Fresh catch of the day? He happened to be near the near the doorway to the restaurant, and uh, and the mater d said, "Would you like to have a seat, uh, sir?" And and the man said, "Oh, oh no, no, I uh, I, I can't afford that. I, I just enjoy smelling it, though, and uh, I'm really having a great time on this ship." And the mater d looked at him kind of quizzically and and said, "Sir, you." Uh, the meals are all included in your ticket price. What? <laughs> they are? Are you sure? This is my, this is my, my ticket. It doesn't say meals in, included. Oh, yes. Meals, laundry. You have access to all the amenities here on ship. This is your ship. Wow. <laughs> and he had two responses. Uh, he said, well, yes, I'll have a seat. I'll have a seat wherever you can seat me. And, uh, and he was elated at the feast that, uh, that he could enjoy right then. And he also felt a lot of regret because of the days he had spent on ship eating his crackers and his canned goods in his cabin. <laughs> the invitation of Easter is that... Uh, is that we open up all the benefits, all the benefits that come to us in the resurrection. 
yes, we went to that thing of first importance, initial importance that Paul told, uh, uh, told the Corinthians. This was the first thing that I told you when, when I told you about Jesus Christ, that he died and was raised from the dead. And you need to know that. You need to go back to that source. You need to go back to the remarkable power, the grace of God that was at work there. But there are other things that have unfolded, Corinthians. There are other truths that have unfolded out of that, and I'm, I'm a witness to that in my own life. That I tell you these because of the grace of God in my life, Paul would say. But I started at the resurrection and, and knew its power and, and knew, its, knew its unique characteristics, but that was only the beginning. And now this grace has been a part of my life until, until he could say as he wrote in the, to the Galatians, I have been crucified with Christ. And it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me. That I have put to death my old self. And, and this, is, this is a scant sacrifice compared to the benefits, to, compared to the receipt of the grace of God, of Christ living his life in me. as he would write to the Colossians that, uh, that Taylor read for us. So you've been raised with Christ. Your life is hidden in him. Now wait a minute. Which is it? Is Christ in Paul or is Paul in Christ? And the answer is yes. <laughs> Both. Both. He's completely taken over by the grace of God in Christ and and his life is in Christ and uh, and the benefits that extend from God through the resurrection power keep transforming his life. We see it in his letters that are so autobiographical and and also share the insights from his sharp and educated mind that this is what God was doing in Jesus Christ. That God was reclaiming all creation, reclaiming the vastness of it and also the particularity of it. The individual souls, the individual days, the minutes, the regrets, the mistakes, the sins. As if Christ were taking all those things upon himself and when Jesus was put to death, so also were those things put to death and finished and done. Do you have something like that in your life right now? A kind of renewal power for your essential being, your, your soul, your, your spirit? Those places where anxiety is prone to, to live and, and sprout. In places where you, where you run out of energy and and can't remember what faith felt like. Those places where you might feel really alone. Have any cure for that? Chocolate? Some would say. 
Oh, TV, yeah, yeah video games. Oh, I'm going to go shopping. That helps a lot. Mm. We could name hundreds of different things that we turn to for a fix, for a cure for those diseases of the soul. Essential beings are our being before God, that part of ourselves that is restless and, and knows no satisfaction until until it finds its rest in God, until we receive the grace of God, the love and action that wants to come into our lives. So that's why we sing, that's why we pray, that's why we get out the Beethoven. We practice and we sing as loudly as we can because there is no better reason to let it all out because in letting it all out we can let it all in letting all the grace of God into our lives this is funny this actually happened about an hour ago at the end of choir practice and Jerry was telling the choir he said in effect give it all you have don't leave anything within yourself and when you get to the end that last uh, hallelujah with holy songs of joy you should feel like you have run a marathon 26.2 miles but don't look like it <laughs> he actually said that don't look like it said stand there and hold your music stand there and uh, and uh, and breathe because that's part of the anthem because that is part of what we want to present to the congregation that is what we want to give to a really interesting and powerful God the best that we have not only the strong hallelujahs and not only what's on the page but but the complete exhaustion of who we are. And then he said, and then, then you can fold your music and then walk off like nothing happened. <laughs> he said that, he really did. Uh, congregation, how did we do? Anyone? <laughs> Thank you, thank you. <laughs> Praise God. Come on, strike them up. Come on, strike them up. Now, choir members, did anyone feel like striking them up? Not one hand is raised. Be honest, did anyone feel like striking them up? Anyone feel like, wow, I'm glad that's over? No, because that was part of the anthem. That was the exhaustion that allowed. Something else to come and fill the beings requirements. There was something else that wanted to flow into their lives, the grace of God. Because in participating in the mighty act of God in raising Jesus from the dead and the hallelujahs and the singing of that, we are the ones who are raised. 
We are raised at the close of an anthem. We are raised when we hear the scriptures. We are raised when we sing. We are raised when we applaud. We are raised when we listen with all our might. We are raised. And it is all love and action. bunch of people here today. Quite a variety of people here today. Some of you only see on Easter Sunday. Good <laughs> to see you. Glad you're here. Those of you I see all the time. Doing pretty well. Now, I imagine that if we, if we gave up 50 question quiz, pass it out. Now make that make that 20 question quiz. Now make that make that a 10 question quiz. A 10 question quiz about who is Jesus, who is God, who is the Holy Spirit? What is what is holiness? What is, the, what is the will of God? Like ten, ten kind of, kind of theological questions, and we passed those out, and we, and we said uh, just two, three word answers to these this quiz. We pass them all in, and we'll name some tellers, and and the tellers would come back, and we'd sing a few hymns or something, and and we would say, tellers, is there agreement on any of those ten questions? And the tellers would shrug and say, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. What do you mean? I mean, we're all in the same church worshiping and they say the same hymns. They kind of heard the same sermon a little bit. Some of them have retraced some of these truths again and again. There's no agreement. No, no, there, there really isn't no exact agreement on those, on those ten questions. The four questions about, about the Christian faith. Huh. Why have, have we failed? Has, has the spirit been, been so so weak that they haven't got it? No. That's not it at all. You go to another church down the road, they're full today, it's Easter Sunday, and pass out the same quiz and find a diversity of answers. Some of them would match up, but most of them, none of them would all match up. Because there is a built-in diversity in each of us. There are individuals, but we also all have our individual experiences with God and Christ. In St. Paul's Cathedral in London, magnificent structure, I've never been there, but seen some pictures and read about it. People pay to, uh, to go on a tour, an architectural tour, built by Sir Christopher Wren in the late 17th century. They would be in awe to see the way that God is worshipped in that structure architecturally. But then you might notice a plaque there that, that would say the mission St. Paul's Cathedral 
is to be a place where all humanity and all its diversity can be transformed by the power of God in Jesus Christ. That all humanity in its diversity can be transformed by the power of God in Jesus So all of us who would turn up with many different answers, none of it matches up, but we yet would be all one. All one because it is, thank God in Jesus Christ, the risen Christ that dwells in us. And that unites us. You, my brother, you are my sister. No, I am you. You are me. I am called to know and, and to love you. You are called to know and to love me. We're called to be transformed, to grow and, and to grace in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is the awesome benefit of saying, you mean that comes along with the ticket? You mean I didn't have to eat crackers in my suitcase the whole time? No, no. Resurrection Day means that there are all kinds of benefits, and that is the biggest, lasting, enduring one. Jesus is the risen Christ and has come to dwell in us and through us. You can know that. You can know that to a greater degree. You can know that with more fullness. And let me retrace the steps as we exhaust our brokenness, as we are shattered, yet the tombs opening near. As you spend your praises, as you open up and give everything you have, the choir was instructed to do, as you hold within yourself not just the moments of worship and praise and prayer that we have here now, but see that as I am letting go of all the ways that I have sought to be my own God. I'm letting go of all the ways that I've sought to micromanage my own life and keep it under control. I'm letting go of all the all the energy that is taken to keep things from falling apart, from being shattered. Let it shatter. Let it go. Be merry. And then, and by the grace of God, the love and action, when the end is a person, come.
Let's pray.